is the number one community in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Banu, a time efficiency expert and a business operation strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. Today, I have a lovely friend right here. Her name is Melissa, and she is from the Juicy Life Coach. So, she is a mentor and also a creator life design for HSP Impact Sensitive. So, we will talk about that a little bit shortly. Um, so that they can step into that gift powerfully and turn off all the energy drain, which is, you know, is important to become abundance. And this is something that's important into the world this day of always changing, always fast-paced, everyone always compete each other. But how can we stand still and also live the best life possible? So what we're going to cover today is something about that. Thank you so much, Marisa, for joining Get Unstuck Video today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So before we get started to our conversation, um, can you please share with me how you started your um, entrepreneur journey or your coaching journey? Sure. I feel like I've always been an entrepreneur at heart, and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that feeling where they always knew that they weren't a nine to fiver or a corporate person or always follow the rules. Like they had these visions and then they knew that they were meant for something more. And they tried, usually they try to fit into this, to this structural world, what everyone else is doing. And then they find that they just can't, whether they're not using their gift or they, they just know that that's not the life that they want to live. They may start you know, doing a side hustle. They may start working for a friend who has a business. It's like dipping your toe in the water. And that's what I did. I've always had a fairly, I wouldn't say traditional job, but I've always worked for someone else. And then I've always had my own creative sort of job on the side. And and that's a great way to get into it because it allows you to feel secure. You know, you're, you're, you've got your income, but it allows you to explore that visionary part of you. And I really like that style because it allows you to start to get like practice putting your name out there as the professional that you're going to become. It allows you to practice seeing what you're going to do because it's a process of embodying becoming that person. It's a process of embodying becoming the entrepreneur that sometimes is the hard part of the journey. Yeah, you have to be who you want to be first before you become that person, right? That is something that we have to figure out the hardest way. Um, so, and what is the, what is the part that you start? Like, what, what makes you start this coaching business? Like, especially for these type of um, people that we are talking about? Yeah, so, and just to describe... HSP stands for highly sensitive person. 
And that is a, um, it's not a medical diagnosis. It's just a type, it's a person who is extremely creative. They love nature and animals. They love music. They're very artistic and they can sense other people's feelings. They're very attuned to their environment. So whether they see someone at a table of 12 not enjoying the meeting, they can see with their eyebrows or they cross their arms or they get all these cues from people all the time. And it's, it's very helpful, but it can be very overwhelming or overstimulating if you're in these environments for long periods of time. So they tend to not go to, say, hard rock concerts or something like that because that music is just too too much for them. And being in a crowd of people is too much for them. Being in a mall is too much for them. Um, and I would love to rename it Highly Soulful highly soulful person because they have so much to offer but sometimes the environment isn't conducive to allowing them to show their greatness in with their body feeling calm and secure and peaceful so that's who I work with is empaths and highly sensitive people because they are the hub of our community they tend to be a lot of moms in families they tend to be a lot of people on um they sit on boards, they care for the environment, they care for the community, the transit, they, they care about politics, although they wouldn't want to be in the spotlight. So my the people that I coach, if I take care of that one person, because they are so important, have so many great ideas, they, of course, affect a thousand people in their lives. And so it's like a little seed. I want to help this person grow and really step into this power that they have without feeling like they need to retreat or not share their ideas for fear of criticism or exhaustion. Um, and that that's who I help as I really help them step into their power and alignment with their highly sensitive, highly sensitive qualities. What about uh, in your definition of empath as well as the sensitive souls? Who, who, what type are, like, what are the characteristics of them? The characteristics of empaths over highly sensitive people or both yeah both yeah so as well as um like i was saying people as you can imagine they see hear smell you know touch like clothing's important that's highly sensitive the empath can there can be different types of empaths so some people are clairvoyant like where they see things some people hear things um some people hear things for example they they're attuned to animals feelings or uh, the natural environment. So even buildings, like I think we've all gone into a house or a building and like your hair stands up and you're just like, ooh, this place feels creepy. That would be another sort of sensitivity. It's like an intuition. So empaths and HSPs are, they're fairly closely related, but they are different. Whereas highly sensitive people tend to be more on the creative side because they use the skill to create with it. But what happens to us is, I mean, in your world, in business, if you're starting a business and you are this type of generous person, then you can be overstimulated and you might not be great at sales because you need to you need to learn that it's service over sales and you might need to learn how to read people's feelings without taking it in like it's something that you did or you're feeling or you did something. So there's just certain little changes that need to be made for these types of people to become successful, especially in an environment like on being an entrepreneur where 
as you know, you go through a lot of no's before you get yeses. And we also have this inner mind drama with ourselves. We have this internal struggle with ourselves when we become an entrepreneur because we are our hardest critic at times. What would be the ideal situation, do you think? Sometimes I think we couldn't really control the external factors, but how can we live with a happy life in your own opinion? I believe that a lot of this has to do with the stories that we tell ourselves. And those stories that we tell ourselves tend to be from our childhood. And so a lot of those things aren't actually true. It's how we feel, but it's not actually true. And so to me, the biggest shift that can happen is questioning our own thoughts. Like, do I know this is absolutely true? Do I know absolutely that my boss did not like the report that I handed in? Or is it absolutely true that my project failed? And it could be like, well, no, it didn't fail. It didn't get the outcome that I was expecting, but I learned so much and I know what to do next time. You know, that's a very different outlook than it was a flop. It was a complete flop. So it's how we talk to ourselves and the story that we tell ourselves. And it's not meant to bypass or skip over negative feelings. It's just meant to be more observant of a situation, like to sort of step out of your own situation and observe it rather than be in the feeling because you can't get a lot of data or a lot of reflection or a way to move forward when you're in it. You can only do that from a place of observing. And how, how can we at the place of observing by like, so I understand what you mean. Like when we are close to the issue too much, we wouldn't see the way out, right? Then when we step like at least one step backward and see the overall picture, we could then observe better to find what is, what are the solutions available for us? But then When we at the point of like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So what would you suggest? You mean if we're at a point of frustration, like where we're in a situation that we can't, we can't find a solution out of, Mm -hmm. you know, those situations are interesting because sometimes I feel like doing less in those situations is the best thing to do. I feel like being with yourself and your intuition because usually we're so stressed. We're so busy. We haven't been speaking to ourselves very nicely. You know, not a lot of growth comes from that place, but if we stop and we just let it be all of a sudden you might get that moment in the shower where you like, Oh, you got that idea again. Um, and all of a sudden you can see maybe a change you could make. It's like you're, you're trying to cultivate seeing possibility again, because I find when we're in those moments, we don't feel like anything's possible. It's done. It's over. It's not, not working, you know, whatever we're telling ourselves. So it's just, it's like stopping and not trying so hard because sometimes we use our brain too much in a sense to get in our own way. And we just, we need to turn it off a little bit and we need to use our creative side and our intuition and like not overanalyze it. So sometimes I find that, and sometimes it's when people throw on a towel and they say like, you know what, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. I, I, I give up. 
all of a sudden they'll get some insight because they've given themselves the space. But it's like, how can I give myself that space without taking myself down that path so far of, you know, negativity in a way. So anything creative, anything in nature, if you can give yourself a break and even go for a walk, if that's what it is, it's like any space you can give yourself is really where you start to see the possibility. Do you think living in a town like or a big city that have a lot of buildings versus like where I'm living right now is a farmhouse somehow? Mm. So would it change the way we respond to the nature as in being more of ourselves? I think it does. And I think I think it depends on, you know, everyone has their own nervous system of where they feel comfortable or where they feel at peace or at home. And that's very individual. Um, but if you do live in the city, you know, you just have to prepare, you have to prepare your environment. So set up lots of plants, you know, you have to create nature inside if you can't see it outside. If you live in a noisy city, you could always have some white noise on of some kind that, that feels calming and like to, to really take care of your environment that you are around. Um, and, you know, perhaps maybe you don't have a bathtub because highly sensitive people are, we all like to go in bathtubs, but maybe you have a shower um, and maybe you can do the hot, cold water, uh, you know, the, the temperature changes because that actually calms the nervous system once you practice it. So I, I do love nature. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to be in a noisy environment. And you've probably noticed your work has changed since you've moved to the country yourself. Yeah. Um, but we do the best with what we have. So, you know, we, we all don't need to like run off t- to live in a farmhouse, but it's like, how can I, how can I set up my environment here to be more conducive to my creativity? It could be essential oils. It could be having crystals around you. Um, like I love supportive environments along with strategy. I feel like the support, especially females or feminine energy tends to need is strategy is great. Like a good list is awesome, but then we like to have the universe and a little bit of woo put in to, to just bookend that because those feelings together really speaks to our soul. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But what I also notice is that the change that we make decision on, if it's a small change though, um, we could maintain easier. But then we make like a huge change towards the future so much that actually a lot of minor changes along the way that we have to keep adjusting and it may cause another frustration over the time. So that's something that have to be prepare mentally as well as physically like you wouldn't know what are the factors would coming would appear at all especially like I moved here four months ago oh my I have no one lived in the countryside before and everything like the types of trees um bugs and animals (laughs) like this this is something that crazy yeah but um to see Greeneries every day. Like I want to see the mountain pretty close to where I live right now and hear the birds sing every, all day, even different type of birds. Oh, wait. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, and that's a yeah. really, that's a really great observation because you're living in the country. It's more beautiful, 
But in turn, you probably can't just go shopping or go to a grocery store or friends yeah. aren't as close, you know? So that's why we have to decide what is the most important thing for us. We have to have a tiered, you know, look at our life and what is the most important thing and then be willing to give up certain things that aren't necessary. But I think that that really speaks to, you know, the unlived life in people is when they don't honor those like top core things that they need. They tell themselves, I'll do it anyways. You know, I'll, I'll struggle. I'll do this for a little while and I'll take care of that need another time. And that, that doesn't lead to alignment. Like that doesn't lead to, it's not going to be successful. You really do need to take care of your core needs, whether it's say it's sleep. You know, if you're a lawyer and you say, well, I'll sleep in 10 years after I'm not a junior partner anymore, like, but you are a person that loves eight hours sleep, like you're going to quit before you make it there, or you're going to have a nervous breakdown or something's going to happen. So you need to make sure that you, that you meet your core need and that you know that, that you can ask, right? Like you can ask for something different. If you're a mom and your child is sick, you can ask your company, like, I, I require a sick day probably once a month, or is that available to me? And that's part of using our voice, especially as a generous, sensitive person. We tend to be overgivers, and we tend to, to overwork and do things too much instead of just asking for what we need. So you probably had a conversation with yourself, and you said, yes, I want to live in the country. You know, I have conversations with myself often, so I just imagine other people do as well. And that you're willing to not be near shopping, entertainment, whatever, at its proximity that it was before. But the payoff for you was so great that it filled a part of your soul that you weren't able to do by living in the city. I didn't decide to come here, though. My parents asked me to come here to just, like, live in this house because no one lived here. So literally, I'm just, like, to protect the house in case anything happens. Yeah, but I do travel back and forth. But... I know what you mean. It's like, okay, let's, you, you're talking about core needs. I think it's important. Core needs versus abundance, like how they go along together and how, how it would really feel for a person that, okay, right now I'm in alignment with myself and I feel okay. I feel happy. I feel maybe not happy, but like decent and in abundance, let's say like release. So you want to know the difference between core needs and living in abundance or how they relate to each other? How they relate to each other. Yeah. So for me, I would define core needs as the bottom layer of the pie of what we really, truly want. And I say that because we might say to ourselves, I want a partner. Like I, I I'm single right now and I really want to date someone well so you might you might think of that as like I want to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or or companion but then if you go well, what you know what am I looking for in companionship and then you ask yourself like and then you might say well I really like having someone like-minded to chat with and it's like what do I really like with someone who's like-minded to chat with so you keep asking yourself the question after the question if that makes sense And then you get to the bottom and maybe the bottom is I have a fear of being alone. And that is a very different 
thing to acknowledge than what you started with at the top. I want to have a partner. Um, and I feel like it's a very vulnerable thing. So the, the core need of fear of being alone would probably be like worthiness. I want to feel worthy and whole. And so instead of kind of, you know, making some of the wrong moves with getting a partner, because if you get a partner, you're probably still going to have this feeling at the bottom because that, you know, so the core need would be, I need to like, I need to start thinking about the things that make me feel worthy and what does that mean? And so that would be the core need that I would, that I would start working with. That's what I work with with people. So it's like peeling the layers of an onion. There's usually something at the bottom that we're trying to avoid, but that's also the key to our abundance because as soon as you feel worthy all of a sudden it's like all the cords and the shackles and the chains and the past like disappear it doesn't have power over you anymore and then abundance can come in so whether it's with money whether it's with having children or not whether it's owning a home or not or having a job or not all those things there's usually some deep core need at the bottom and until that is balanced and comes into alignment with you you will not experience abundance with it. Mm. So let's let's say on the other hand, when the abundance is happening, how that yes. fits. How does abundance feel or fit in? Yeah, how how it would be, yeah. Well, an interesting thing that I would uh, use as an example would be money. So if we're feeling like we don't have enough money to pay our bills or enough to go on vacation or, you know, because when we talk about money, someone might feel like I don't have enough money because I don't have a hundred dollars to pay my, you know, groceries next week. And someone else might feel like I don't have enough money because I want to buy an apartment building for my new company and I need a million dollars as a down payment that I don't have enough money for that. So I'm just, this is, this is where it's a thought, right? It's a feeling. It's not, again, it can be very different from person to person. So some people can have more than enough money or what appears to be, but they still feel like there's a lack of abundance. So how it starts to come in is again, when you, when it loses its power over you, when you know, you will figure out a way when you know that there is always enough. And you know that because you're here right now. You know, you're here right now listening to this. You're here right now taking the time. Like the universe conspires around us all the time to make things happen. It's just, we just have to notice it. And if abundance, meaning I always have enough, you know, it might mean you do, you might live with your parents and still have enough. You might live with a friend and still have enough. You might house it for free and still have enough. Like it's the pressure that we put on ourselves that isn't enough. So that's where the abundance won't, like it can't come in because we're not feeling that way. As soon as we feel like there's more than enough and we will always be taken care of, whether it's careers or money or love that's when it starts to flow in. Mm, interesting. It's like sometimes instead of looking at what we don't have, we then take a look at what we have right now instead. 
and yeah, the things that no one can take it from us. Well, and it's, and it's magnifying that, right? Like it's becoming magnetic. So for example, uh, you know, if you only notice the things that your child or your partner do that bug you, well, they're really going to bother you. Like that's really irritating. But if you try to let those little bits go and notice instead, maybe it's just a few times, but maybe those, those few positive times in the day, it's like, that's what you're growing. That's what you're verbalizing. That's what energy you're bringing in. And then you might notice that more often. That's what I mean by magnifying it. Like it literally is, it's, it's science, you know, that what we put our attention to grows because we can have this negative bias to things where we don't see the positive things and we only see the things that bother us. So if we literally start to change our language and what we notice, if you literally verbalize every time you, you see a positive thing, like, Hey, you guys, that was great for your kids. You emptied the dishwasher. I really love that. It doesn't mean that they didn't leave shoes all over the floor and laundry and like this and that, but they remember that you complimented them on helping them. So that's going to grow. Melissa, in case anyone want to work with you and and get to understand their current path, as well as figure out how to find their abundance, where can they reach out to you or follow you then? Yeah, I'm... Well, a good way to follow me is on Instagram. That's my favorite platform. Uh, and my Instagram handle is Marlisa, M-A-R-L-I-S-A underscore the juicy life. And, uh, I have a quiz, a really fun quiz that shows people what will set their life on fire. So what component will be the biggest domino in their change? So whether it's, their purpose, their love relationships, their money. Um, they can take this quiz that's free and they can also learn more about what I do through that quiz. And I offer anyone who's interested uh, a what's possible session. So it's a 45 minute session where we just go through what's possible for them, where they're at, where they want to be. And if I'm the right person to help them. And those are all uh, free. Yeah, that's amazing. I definitely got to check that quiz. So all the links will be put in the description below everyone as well as the show note. And yeah, feel free to comment if you have any questions. And thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing these amazing ideas today that anyone listen and then they may think again what they are doing right now. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.